0: Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. We're sponsored by Lalo Tactical, L-A-L-O dot com. Uh, go there for the very best in tactical boots, shoes, uh, military-grade stuff made for normal people like us. Use the code MAXIMUS50 to get a big discount. We're also sponsored by 10,000 Clothing, 10,000.cc. 10, Use code MAXIMUS15 for a big discount. And uh, I'm super excited. My two greatest passions in life are working out in food. Uh, I used to think I was the most jacked cook in, in the world. And then and then here's the thing, here's the thing, David. I, I found out not only am I second place to, to real Chef Rush, now I'm like third place behind both you guys. So I'm, I'm getting dropped left, right, and center. Um hey man, yeah, you welcome. in the top three. Top three is a respectable place to be <laughs> in. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show. Now you're you're a world-renowned chef. Uh you're on all kinds of different TV shows. Uh you clearly are no I'm looking at you right now, people can't see this <laughs> you, got, you, got, you got what uh a friend of ours, C T Fletcher, was on the show last week. It drops tomorrow. But you got some what he calls motherfucking 22s. (laughs) Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, we want to know about both things. Tell us a little bit about the food and then tell us a little bit about the working out.
1: Yeah, man. You know, pretty much I come from a huge Jamaican family. One of eight kids. I'm the last and you know jamaicans caribbeans like food is life life is food man i grew up you know just loving food and just always around it and it took me moving to atlanta to realize you know i enjoyed cooking my entire life but it took me moving to atlanta at 21 to realize that is what i wanted to do with the rest of my life i'm a creative type dude so you know for me no no offense you know if you're a you know uh work from a desk or work from a computer, you know, that's cool. But for me, I love to be out there. I love to create. I love to touch people and with food. There's limitless options to food, what you can make, different cuisines, uh, different, you know, types of foods, different proteins, different vegetables. So the opportunities, the options are endless. And I love it, man. It allows me to connect with people. And what purer way to show love than, than cooking. So I'm all about it. Been doing it professionally, for uh what 14 years now and looking forward to doing it the rest of my life now
0: now how did you get in to the food thing because i feel like there's mm-hmm. a there's a void there for a lot of people to give you an example i grew up in a an italian family my nona always cooked she used to beat me if i made shit wrong we always had like homemade <laughs> stuff but, but i i couldn't make the leap to to I don't know, being on TV all the time and being a professional chef, how did that happen for you?
1: Oh, well, as far as like Food Network and Good Morning America and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah. Man, honestly, man, I don't know if you know or not, I have a huge passion. Another passion of mine is motorcycles. And I've been riding bikes since I was 18, about 20 years, and I ride a Harley. You know, like nothing against anybody else, but for me, like if you're riding motorcycles, it's Harley or nothing. So long story short, I used to do a campaign as a brand ambassador for Harley Davidson, you know, did videos, uh, did a bunch of pictures, huge campaign. And, you know, at that time I was a professional chef. I was like, you know, what, watching TV one day. And I said to myself, you know, it'd be a badass show if there was a combination of motorcycles and food. So I took out a loan um, and just started shooting my own content. I had a videographer, traveled the country, you know, meeting bikers who cooked and chefs who were bikers. And I just started putting content out there. I didn't have a clue what I was doing, but I just, you know, had a passion, went after it. And, you know, I guess it was good enough to get the attention of some Food Network execs. They reached out to me, uh, talked about some different ideas, and they invited me to compete on Food Network Star. And then from there, the rest was history. Prior to that, I worked with Big Green Egg and different corporations, but being on Food Network Star really opened the door for me to do a lot of really cool stuff, different TV shows, different brands, and it's just, you know, I took that and just ran with it. You know, I didn't win. You know, I came in sixth place, much worse than your third place, Um, but I actually was beat by Bobby Flay, cooking head-to-head, and if you see Bobby, tell him about my rematch, by the way, Uh, but despite me not winning the show, I still took, you know, that that little, you know, flash of, you know, in the bottle, the lighting in the bottle, ran with it and just, you know, refused to give up and just, you know, take it as far as I can. And that's what I'm doing day by day.
0: I love it. I love hearing that. Tell us a little bit more about your professional training as a as a chef. Do you always do you always yeah. know you wanted to be a chef or is that something you kind of fell into? Because again, I love cooking, but I don't know how I get to... Did you just, is it what you always wanted to do? I've always
1: loved to cook. I always was able to cook. Like, you know, I was eight years old. Dad gave me the tongs, said, watch the barbecue. And been cooking since I was, you know, seven, eight years old. But as far as like me realizing, I've been in hospitality since I was 14 years. So started out as a, a bus boy. I was a room service. I was a bartender. I was a server. But when I moved down to Atlanta, I realized I wanted to do it professionally. And I attended the La Cordon Bleu Culinary Institute. And then my first job out of culinary school was at the Four Seasons Hotel. And can you curse on the show? Oh, yeah. fuck yeah. Listen. Okay. We had C.T. Fletcher
0: on. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right. Motherfucker, boy, fuck, I fucking hated that job. I hated that job. Um, you know, it was, uh, I was getting shit pay. And, you know, I just realized out the jump, I did my year. I was like, you know what? This ain't for me. And just from there, I started doing my own thing. I got a really cool, you know, client list of different, uh, different actors, different um, celebrities, different professional athletes. And then from there, I was like, shit, like doing my own thing is something that's more enjoyable, more money, I'm happier. So I just did that.
0: Love it. Now let's, let's switch gears to fitness. Cause you're no stranger to that either. And it, it looks for you, oh, something, like, something. It, but it, it looks for you like it's more than just, you're not a guy that hits everyone exercises, right? They show up to the yeah. gym a couple times a yeah. week. You're, you're full on training. So tell us where that comes Oh
1: yeah. From. I'm training, man. My brothers, my older brothers, one of eight, uh, five older brothers. So, you know, little brother syndrome, you get the shit beat out of you for no reason, just cause it's Monday you know, you get the shit beat out of you. And all my brothers worked out. And one day I was 16, looked in the mirror, I was like, fuck this. I'm tired of being the skinny dude. I'm going to work out. I'm going to get bigger than kick all of their asses within like a year and a half. I was bigger than all of my brothers and they don't want it after that, you know? So I was like, you know what? I love it. I enjoy it. You know, you love the attention from women you get. So I was like, shit, like I like this, you know? So I kind of suffered from skinny man syndrome i wanted to get bigger stronger bigger stronger and i uh, got at one point my biggest max was 495 for 2 and um i just love getting those big numbers and just like i loved you know the feeling of being strong and being you know uh determined and being you know uh built and big and i kind of took that same tenacity that same hunger from the gym and apply that to. Uh, Everything else in life. Cause if you could do that, go from 130 skin and bones, talking about 240, 245, biggest was 250, anything is possible. You know, I just take that and it applies to everything.
0: Is it hard working in a kitchen all day and trying to stay fit?
1: You know, it's funny, like, since I left my four-season days, I've been an entrepreneur, so uh, my my day-to-day really isn't in the kitchen. You know, okay. I pick and choose what I want, especially now, different sponsors, uh, different corporations I work with, uh, I travel a lot. So, if anything, not so much standing up in the kitchen, because I pick and choose what I want to do and get paid for it, and I'm fortunate in that regard and thankful, but it's the traveling that sometimes might get in the way, because, you know... <laughs> Having that that staple gym, that home base, if I'm in New York or LA, it's kind of hard to find somewhere to work out and get the same kind of quality workout. So yeah, the, the traveling to, more so than cooking.
0: And to clarify, I didn't mean the kitchen specifically, I guess, like when I yeah. refer to the gym, the gym's my backyard, the gym's a basement, yeah. it's wherever you want to be, yeah. but like yeah. cooking and being around delicious food and like clearly- you Oh yes, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You,
0: to balance.
1: It's definitely as far as like dieting is concerned, you know, because you're traveling, you're not able to prep your own food unless you're traveling with prep food. And, you know, say I'm doing an event, you know, where it's something sweet, something savory, maybe something fried. And, you know, you got to taste, you got to keep quality control. And sometimes taste turns into two tastes, two tastes turn into four tastes. Next thing you know, you have two plates and you're like, fuck out of this pasta. I thought I was going to the gym, but let's take a nap instead. So it's a lot of self-control, a lot of self-control you got to have.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, do you find, because you have a joy of cooking, does the TV stuff and the travel ever drag you down? Like sometimes I'll I'll give you an example, Joe and I talk about working out. And it's like, sometimes, man, I I don't want to be on live. I don't want to help people. I just want to be in my garage lifting weights, people (laughs) leaving me alone. Do you ever get that way with food? You know, honestly, man, I don't.
1: I, I love people. I love engaging with people. I love talking to people. I love spreading that joy, that infectious, sp- positive spirit that only food can do, man. So, like, I love it. I'm never bored of it. Uh, it never ceases to amaze me how many people you connect with cooking food. So, uh, no, man, I love it completely. I never get tired of it.
2: And I'll do this to my dying day, hopefully. Tell me a little bit about, like, like how—so so you grew up in this Jamaican family, right? And, and yeah. So so food was was kind of a passion. What what is your life story like? What how did you get from from you know that 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 young kid who's starting to get interested in training into food up to the point where you're at? I want to know like the whole story. Like what adventure have you been on?
1: Okay. So, uh, during, great question, by the way. So during, you know, I've always had a job since 14 in food and hospitality. So, you know, for me, um, being able to serve food and serve that experience more so and that service to people, it's something that always gave me a high. Like if you sat down in my section and I was your bartender, I was going to make sure it was the best evening you had. If you were in poor spirits, I'd make it my job to cheer you up, you know? And I think there's something special that's in the power of, of food, the power of conversation, the power of good cocktails and spirits. And, you know, it's just something that I just genuinely enjoy doing and being around. So it was probably more so an organic kind of uh, journey from, you know, I did the serving, I did the bartending, you know, where it was a natural progression. Okay, all right, cooking, I love cooking, but do I want to do it? And it took me visiting a local campus uh, culinary campus full of cordon bleu and from there they told me the different classes they had the equipment the type of uh different uh, curriculum they had and i just knew at that point i was like this is where i need to be uh because up until then i was kind of floating around with different hospitality jobs i even went to college for a semester or two for exercise science but nothing spoke to me like food spoke to me and i just knew right then and there
2: wow wow okay so uh, I'm trying to think. of like how to word this question. So you, you're going into this industry, and yeah. you're just like, when you started at Le Cordon Bleu, for example, were you yeah. already jacked? Did you already have the the big arms? Yes. Did how yeah, did yeah. that play out? Like, did you feel like because of that, maybe you stood out, and maybe people were like more willing to talk to you, or was it like an intimidation factor? Were you just like, you're going to let me in, and this is how? It's <laughs> I think, man, you know, like, um, when I'm not smiling, I look
1: super aggressive and intimidating. But, like, I'm a smiler. I like cracking jokes. I like talking shit. I like making people laugh. So that intimidation might be there until I crack a smile or start talking. But definitely people are like, you look like you should be playing football or bodybuilding <laughs> or doing that. X, right. Y, Z, in the third. So, like, chef is the last thing on their mind normally. But yeah. I like that. It's that surprise element because outside of, you know, Chef Rush, and you know, I guess Bobby now, yeah. you know, there really aren't chefs that that look like us, that look like me, you know? Yeah. And I like that. I like being different. I like, I, I see a trend and I go the opposite way purposely. And um, I love it. I like being unique. And, you know, in this industry, if you want to make it, especially, you know, with, with the TV and being a personality, so to speak, you can't be the next Bobby Flay You can't be the next Guy Fieri. You got to be you you know, and I love being me, and I stick out like a sore thumb, and I
2: wouldn't trade it with the world. Do you think that that got the attention of, like, the Food Network guys, too? Of, like, oh yeah, if definitely. you got to pick between, like, this big jack dude who's all smiles or just, like, you know, the, the a regular guy. So your, your, your fitness has, besides, like, uh, yeah. uh, cause we talk about this all the time on the show, besides the fact that you, you've developed this discipline and, and the lessons mm-hmm. that you've learned from the iron, you know, in the gym yeah. and, and, and yeah. the improvements that you make to your physical body and how that affects everything else. Like it's also giving you like something marketable, something that makes you unique. And that, yeah. I think that's, that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. Thank yeah, Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I like <laughs> so, you, Joe. I like <laughs> <laughs> So tell me a little bit about how, how do you fit it all in these days? Like you, you said, you're not always in the kitchen working out, but mm-hmm. how, how how much time are you actually committing to your fitness on a regular day? Are you doing like one workout, two workouts? Like what's your routine look like?
1: My routine, I normally try to go on at least five times a week. So, you know, I do I do heavy or I do moderate weight. So I try to hit every, like, the big muscle groups, like chest, legs, back. I do that once a week. But, you know, the smaller, you know, um, uh, muscles like, you know, your biceps, your triceps, the shoulders, I try to hit those twice. Uh, I'm trying to do more cardio. I'm not going to lie, I'm not the best at cardio, Um, but I'm trying to balance that out where, you know, I get leaner but maintain my size. And as you guys both know, that's a hard juggling act. But um, right now I'm 245, trying to get on the 225 shredded, like super, super shredded, like lean, 3%, 4%. So, uh, I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> right. is
2: it, 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 and I, this kind of repeats the question Bobby was getting at a little bit earlier, but is that hard for you to be focused on leaning and then also having food in front of you all the time?
1: Yes, it, it is, man, you know, because I love food. I love a good cocktail, love a good bourbon a cigar. But, you know, you got to have that discipline, man, you know, where you're eating to, to be satisfied, not eating to be full. You know, and no one, no one to say stop, no one to kind of curb your appetite and just knowing, you know, portion control is a good thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And and experimenting with your diet is as you experiment with your physical self, um, yes. has that affected the way that you prepare meals? Oh, yeah,
1: definitely. Uh, you know, just taking kind of, you know, classic kind of comfort food dishes sometimes mm-hmm. and kind of making a little more, you know, streamlined as far as instead of the, the butter, use olive oil or instead of doing it fried, baking it where you're now making substitutions where you're able to still have those delicious comforting flavors, but a fraction of the fat, fraction of the oil, you know, but all flavors still there. So definitely you become super creative
2: when you're being mindful of your physique and trying to keep healthy. All right. And I know for me personally, like when, when I'm on a leaning phase, which I'm also doing right mm-hmm. now, uh, I become a creature of habit where I have like maybe yeah. three meals that I just repeat almost. <laughs> ad aden- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you do that to yourself or does your, your chef background allow you a little bit more creativity than that? Like what, what is your preference?
1: You know what? Sometimes, honestly, man, you know, I, I like to make the super, you know, creative, super chefy type stuff uh, where I plate it up real nice. Nice sauce, nice veg, nice starch. Uh, but sometimes, you know, um, especially leaning out, I'll just grill up some chicken breasts, roast off some sweet potatoes and vegetables and, and call it a day. Salt, pepper, olive oil. It tastes good. Um, you know, it's simple and it does the job. So it's a, a mixture of both.
0: All right. With with the eating and the working out, one of the things I love from you is that I, I want to get this right. The TLC, the tastings, like <laughs> yes, sir. I'm, I'm gonna say that that I know why your cardio's piss poor and it's the cigars. You got to stop filling your lungs. With the smoke, so that's no, no, one. no. Let me, let
1: me, let me rectify. No, it's it's more so. I need to do more cardio, but
0: I my my lungs are
1: good. I smoke about once every you know once every week, once every two
0: weeks. Okay. But I love I love the idea of that because there is this myth well, in the you. world that you can't you can't work out and look good and eat good, but you're yeah. managing to do both. Is that yeah. a common thing? Like you get a lot of a blowback from that because everyone always asks me, "How do you mm-hmm. eat like that and look good?" And I'm like, "Well, no, I just exercise. It's not that difficult." What's your go to answer when people come? You know eat? what?
1: I've, I've never gotten that answer before, man. It's just, I guess I post as much food stuff as I post, I punch, I post equally, you know, workout stuff as well. Cause when I go in the gym, I go in, you know, so I just work out harder. You know, I hit the treadmill a couple more minutes longer, you know, I might do another half an hour of warm ups and weight. So it's all about balance, man. You know, as long as everything is balanced and you're not overdoing one thing too much, it'll all work out in the end, you know? So you know, just put an extra couple workouts in, you're good, and then you'll work off that. You know, that chicken parmesan or that extra sauce that you made on Sunday, which looked fucking amazing. You know, it's just it's just being able to know your body number one, and and know what you have to do to kind of counteract the food. I'll
0: I'll tell you, I took some heat from
1: that sauce. It looked I got, delicious.
0: I got so many comments. So my my Italian grandmother taught me that yeah. you eat this sauce for like six seven hours and she she always would put like a chicken thigh or a chicken leg or a chicken breast Cook it with the sauce i had so many people ask me does the chicken cook is it raw i'm like no it's not raw it's getting (laughs) there's six seven hours (laughs) it's good but i had a lot of people scared of it and i was like oh man it was it was it was funny but i always am uh trying to do different stuff my my, my yeah. parents taught me now on that note i wanted to ask you because you grew up with jamaican parents you probably know yeah. some of the one of my favorite meals some oxtail soup oh. what Speaking can you, language can you start uh can you start a campaign to get rid of these hipsters that have driven the price of oxtail through the roof because it's ridiculous I, Oxtail was dirt cheap And I could get All dirt of it I wanted And now it's like yep. an expensive, bougie Hipster meal So yep. I need you To go on the offensive Against these hipsters So I can have my Oxtail
1: soup I'm back. on that man Like it's crazy dude Like you know Essentially Oxtail is a very cheap cut It's the tail of a cow And you cut the Little vertebrae In there So like, Growing up for me It was like 79, 89 cents a dollar, my mom would make it. Huge pot of oxtail, you make that same pot of oxtail, it's like 60, 70, 80 bucks for that oxtail. I'm yep. on it. Campaign, make oxtail affordable
0: again, I'm on it. Yeah, I can't, it's become this It's become this hipster thing. You uh, it is. You do You do a lot of Southern food. How much Jamaican food do you have in your, obviously growing up, it's a huge part of your repertoire, but yeah. I don't see it as much on your Instagram? Like, do you still, do you cook roti? Do you cook, I mean, like do you cook all the traditional Jamaican food or no? Oh yeah,
1: most definitely. If anything, I definitely say my, my style is a combination of my Caribbean roots, Southern, and my classic French training. So more so a lot of the shows that I go on and do stuff, I I do a lot of my Jamaican kind of, you know, recipes on there. I've done a oxtail stir, uh, stir fried rice, at a uh, Greenwich Food and Wine Festival with Martha Stewart. I've done um, Jamaican jerk uh, lamb chops with the mango chutney on a couple TV shows. I've done some uh, some crab fritters, kind of based off of Jamaican salt cod fritters. Uh, so I do quite a bit. Go on the website, you'll see a bunch of Jamaican
0: recipes. All right, I need, I need your best recipe right now for stewed peas. Stu, what you know about Stupees, man? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I want to. I want. you know see, about Stupees, man? I live in Salt Lake City, which is uh-huh. uh, the whitest place you can imagine. <laughs> now, understand, understand that I come from. I'm from Toronto, which is the most yeah. multicultural city in the world. Have you ever been to Caravan? Yeah. Caravan is no, the- but right. I need to. It's it is the thing, and there are. Jamaican uh-huh. restaurant there. If you can't, if you can't speak patois, if the first yeah. words out of your mouth are "wagwan" or "we ah," yeah. you don't get served. Yeah. You're out. You're yeah, out. Yeah, You're yeah, yeah. Up. You yeah, can get yeah. Stew up there. Yeah. So how, how am I going to at home?
1: Okay, all right. So the stew peas, the key is you gotta have the salt pigtail. The salt right. pigtail it gives it that nice salty kind of rich you know pork forward flavor. It's amazing. You gotta have the pimento in there as well. You gotta have thyme and you gotta have scotch bonnet. And you simmer that with the beans. And then my mom she finishes it with uh, little dumplings, little thin dumplings. Yep. She puts those in there and let that poach in the stew peas. Man, that salt pigtail is what makes it's the difference maker so if you don't just, like pork you don't eat pork you can use like you know salt turkey neck or uh you know turkey bones or whatever but um the salt pigtail is the difference maker.
0: i i like the salt pigtail we used to actually used to this stuff i don't know what the term for it down here is but yeah. side pork you know what side pork yeah. is like real thick bacon yeah. you know so yeah. we would use that but I'm, uh, I'm gonna try that the salted pigtail can i just get that pigtail. at the pork
1: yeah, you get the grocery store. Probably not grocery store, depending on where you go. But like farmers market, you could definitely find it at. And when it breaks down, it gets real
0: tender and gelatinous. That's my favorite part in the piece All right, I I'll, I'll check up for. It, but like I said, Salt Lake doesn't have a lot of culture. I went into the grocery store mm-hmm. the other day. Are you a fan of pick a Peppa? Oh yeah. So
1: that parrot gives me life.
0: Yeah, man. I love baby, that. Baby, the, the, the greatest snack in the world, and you could thank me for this me. later is rich crackers with cream cheese and pick-a-pepper mm-hmm. poured all over it. You try that out. That That's might like, be a Canada thing, but I, I'll, I'll try it once. <laughs> it's like a, it's, it's a, it's a, I'll try it's a, it once. It's a Canadian Jamaican thing. So you gotta-, you gotta Cream cheese and pick-a-pepper. Okay,
1: I'm, I'm gonna give it a whirl on that. Um, gotta, to kind of uh, put a button on the stew peas
0: thing, stew peas with oxtail as well, fire. I I will I will try that out. Does that go good with? When's the last time? Because you're Jamaican, you had a can of tasty yeah. cheese. Tasty cheese? Yeah,
1: T A S. you must have some
0: You must have Jamaican friends because you're you pulling out shit that you shouldn't know about. But you do. When's the last time you just opened up a can and just ate that with a spoon?
1: Bro, Easter, Easter bun. Come on, now you got to have your tasty cheese and your Jamaican Easter bun.
0: Yeah, Easter was last week. Come, Come on, on, bro. I'm, gonna make sure, I'm just trying to make sure that you're true to your roots. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, man, like, Easter you. bun, bro. Come on. That's, that's pretty funny. Actually, my whole my fight team in Toronto when I professionally fought, it was all yeah. Jamaicans, Trinidadians. I used to actually live with a guy who was from a small island called Dominica. A lot of people yeah. don't know where it is, mm-hmm. but it's just by Saint Lucia and Saint Vincent. So, exactly. I, might, I might be the only the only white guy you know that can speak fluent Patois. All right, let me hear some. We are a Sam media Wagwan. My kid called another kid at school a rust clot the other day, and that. <laughs> well, luckily, they didn't know what that meant, so I got chucked <laughs> for that one. Um, wow, so it's, it's good. You've been raised. Yeah, bum squad, <laughs> you know how it goes. So it's 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 the way it goes. Are you more of a because it's it's random question time? Yeah. We we liken you to Casey Ryback. So Casey Ryback is otherwise known as Steven Seagal He uh is the Navy chef in under siege. Who yes. is, who is a who is a bigger badass chef? You or him? Uh me, definitely. Come on. All right. <laughs> Shata's or Belly, Which movie do you prefer? Oh, man. Um, We're looking at Ox versus Teddy Bruckshot. Joe, you have no idea uh, what I'm talking about. <laughs> you're, you're going over my head. <laughs> I'm from I'm,
2: Minnesota where we consider vanilla spicy. So, <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say Shata's because I'm doing it for the culture.
0: All right. One of my, one of my favorite movies of all time. And then the other one's a serious one. What do you want to do? I mean, are you living your dream right now uh, in terms of career or what do you really want to accomplish?
1: Oh, I'm definitely living my dream right now. I'm definitely on the the right road as far as the progress I want to make the direction I want to go. Because what I want to do essentially is just be, the black, bald, male version of Martha Stewart. Have cookbooks, have a product line, pots and pans, TV shows, produce stuff, work with amazing sponsors and brands, and I'm doing that right now. Not at that level yet, but to me, the funnest part is the journey. So I'm on that journey right now, but I'm definitely living the dream
2: right now. I, you know, I got to say, I've always thought that. I've, I've taken a look at Martha Stewart, and I said, you know what would be better is if she was black, bald, and brawny. And... <laughs> You Joe, you're now. my dude. <laughs>
0: well, you know, actually though, actually, I, will, I will say this. Martha's got some serious street credit. She's yes, she, best does. she does. You was, never snitch. You never snitch. Straight. That's how she bounced back so easily. You know, that's actually funny Snoop Dogg always talks about her in that regard. He puts up yeah, mean time about um when Takashi 69 went to yep. jail. He was put exactly. up how snitched, but Martha did Come not. You don't,
1: man. Hey, you—you knowingly you do the dirt. You know what you're getting to. So if you get caught, yo ass. No,
2: you don't snitch. All right, David, That's I gotta—I have to ask you what what's the the deal with the big green egg? How did you get involved with that? Where did that come from?
1: Uh, I've been a huge grilling advocate, a huge just kind of grill for not grill aficionado. And uh, through Big Green Egg, you know, they did a lot of work with La Cordon Blue locally. And I worked with them a lot as far as doing different, you know, demos and classes and, you know, community outreach to the students. So it was kind of, you know, um, very organic how we met up. It was an event, we are talking. And just from there, they gave me a grill, then gave me another grill, another grill, did that TV show, that event. And then from there, you know, I just became... Uh, they're national ambassador where I also do a lot of their corporate cooking classes at the headquarters. Uh, so those guys are great, man.
2: All right. So oh. there's, I have a selfish reason for this question because I, I'm a, I like <laughs> grilling, right? Um, yes. I, I, I've been mostly carnivore for the past two months. Uh, so a lot of my food is out on the grill. And just for convenience, yeah. I've got a nice gas grill. And it's just nice because you just turn it on, throw a couple steaks on, they cook up. <laughs> but you know what's sitting right next to my gas grill? Is a big charcoal. Egg. So I Bruh. need you. I need you to explain to me, like that. The convenience is a huge thing with a gas grill, but I mean the work involved, the time involved in setting up a charcoal grill. So this is your one opportunity. Convert me. Mm-hmm. Go.
1: Okay. Uh, so is your, your question what is what now? What's the question?
2: You need to convert <laughs> me to the big green egg. I don't use it. It's sitting right there, but I don't use it just because of the convenience. Okay. Factor. Okay, with this,
1: they have amazing accessories that get it ready within 10, 12 minutes. For me, grilling is cathartic, and you just can't beat the flavor of that charcoal grill. So they have these things called quick starters, Mm -hmm. little brown briquettes. You put it in there, and they also have these things called the loof lighter. The loof lighter, it blows out hot air and fire, and it lights the grill that much quicker. 10, 12 minutes, you're ready to go with that loof lighter and the charcoal starters, and the flavor it might take a couple more minutes than your gas grill but you're tasting what meat should taste like so if you're serious about being a carnivore serious about grilling push that gas grill into the pool
2: and start (laughs) using that big green egg more i'm just saying all right right. fair enough (laughs) i will i will i will fire up the green grill or the the green egg and i will i will send you my results, and we'll see how this goes. It's it's
1: flavor, man. It's all about flavor. Those briquettes have that nice, you know, that nice little flame that kind of laps up and yeah. kisses the meat and just kind of chars it. You can't get that with a
2: gas grill. Right, right.
0: That's more character. Yeah, I hear that. What, what do you need, dude? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my executive my, my <laughs> producer's what, what do you need? This is him. What What's up, need? buddy? <laughs> That's your sous right? Yeah, that's that's my little man. What's your... <laughs> say to our say to our friend David. Say, we are sir? What, what are you saying? I'm sure. No, you can't. In demoros. No. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's my little guy. <laughs> we taught we we've taught him to say in a demoros. That's how he says tomorrow. <laughs> I like it. In demoros, David knows this language. He's our friend. <laughs> now, now that we are, we can get back to the podcast now. Now that we are best buddies, we, we work out together, we eat together. Yeah. What's the chances of me, I don't know, opening my front door tomorrow and there's just a big-ass green egg just sitting there. <laughs> it's like like a, like, is this like a zero? You're breaking up. You're breaking up. I can't hear you. You there? Just like. I'll be there. you there. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's, let's sidebar, man. Let's sidebar and talk about that. All right. All right. Um, do you think now with the advent of, I'm seeing the green egg more accessible than I've ever seen it. triggers mm-hmm. out there for a smoker and they're super accessible. Um uh, mm-hmm. I even know more people than I should that own a kudu. Like there's all these products out there that are, that are, um, is this creating a market for you for like at home cooking? Because this oh, is definitely, man.
1: definitely, definitely. That's in the last, you know, eight, nine, eight years I've been working with big green egg. I've seen just in that short time span, how many more people get it because it's that you're ace hardware. You're seeing it on more TV shows. Bobby Flay used it on his show, Boy Meets Grill, and it's readily accessible. It definitely helps me because everybody loves barbecue. Everybody loves grill meats. And, you know, it just, the, it's, the exposure is just great. The TV shows, the different brands, uh, the social media influencers. So it's great for me. It's work. It's great. And um, it's taken me great many places to where I've actually been talking to this event that's in Greenwich about doing my own barbecue activation. So my big ass bringing barbecue to Greenwich. And that's so cool. And I'm excited to do it. And uh, I just love it. You know, barbecue is accessible. Barbecue is comfort food. And at the end of the day, everybody wants comfort and everybody wants good food. And barbecue, you know, gives you
0: both of those things. Yeah, do. All right, who who would be your dream to cook for? You could cook for anybody right now because you've cooked for a lot of people. Who would that? Who would that be? Alive or dead? Yes, alive. Let's go alive. Oh, alive. Go.
1: Um, that's a great question, man. Um, I loved cooking for Bobby Flay, man. Like when I was on Food Network Star, you know, I love just kind of you know, because Bobby knows his shit. Yeah. So if Bobby likes something, you you knew it was good. So Bobby's my boy. He's a brother in grilling, brother in uh, you know, barbecue, and for him, you know, to cook for him again, I'd enjoy that.
2: Flip that around. Right. Who 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 would you like to cook
1: for you? Who would I like to cook for me? Um, who? Good question. Um. Mm, 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 mm. just again based off that personal connection Bobby yeah man Bobby knows his stuff he's been around for a long time I've learned so much from him so he's a mentor of sorts but I've never tasted his food and uh, I'd love to taste that
0: let's try that out you know you know my guy one of my very best friends he stood at my wedding Viet Pham took down Bobby Flay with mashed hot chicken I saw that, man. That was, and kudos to your
1: boy, by the way. That's one of my favorite episodes. I remember seeing that. And that's how I got eliminated from uh, Food Network was with Bobby. And I made shrimp and grits. And between you and I, I tasted Bobby's shrimp and grits. He tasted mine. Mine were better. Yeah, that's, <laughs> But that's
0: neither here nor there. So I'm looking for a rematch, too, like I said. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's funny you say that because it's always hard with some of these cooking competitions. Did you watch yeah. the Tournament of Champions that was on?
1: Yeah, I saw it, man. Uh, uh, Brooke won. She she killed it. My money yes. was on her, but yeah, I'm friends with Bo Mac, I'm friends with Mark, so I was rooting for them. So after, you know, they got eliminated, I was like, you know, what? I like Brooke. And yeah, it's
0: so, it's so funny to me how the judging component of that works. Yeah. Because you know that all the food is incredible. Like, no one's really like serving up a bad dish. It's like, how the hell do you yeah. decide between, I yeah. don't know, Alex Shelley make you something. And then, yeah. and then, um, Michael Voltaggio makes you something. It's like, how the hell do yeah. you decide? So I, it's funny to hear you say that, that you're like, mom, we're better because I can a, a lot of
1: it's you. personal preference
0: too, you know? Yep. How does that, uh, do you like those cooking competitions? Is that something you would do? Because the judging thing, because it can mm-hmm. be personal preference. Is that yeah. something you like or don't like?
1: Um, it's it's cool. That's kind of the X factor, and I like the Tournament of Champions because it's kind of it's a blind taste test where you don't know whose food is who. So yep. at that point, it's a level playing field because it's not a popularity contest or who you like more. It's just based solely off the food, which it should be, you know. So in that regards, I liked it. Um, I love Food Network Star. It was an amazing time. I had a great time. Uh, but would I do it again? Probably not. <laughs> yes, judging well. yet yeah, judging yes. Competing
0: again. No, once is enough. Okay. Now I'm gonna put you on the spot because he's coming on the podcast next week. Yeah. In a cook off, who wins? you or chef rush. Um <laughs> I don't know, man.
1: I don't know. I haven't tasted Chef's food, he hasn't tasted mine. So I'd say it's 50-50 chance right now.
0: Yeah, how about a how about a bench press contest?
1: <laughs> oh, him de- him definitely. We already talked about that. <laughs> what what his what his run rep max is and what my one rep max is, I'd snap my chest in half. Go. He got he got that hands down. Hands down, he got me on that. Curls, I might going a run for his money though. on curls.
0: <laughs> it's funny, man. This has been a blast. <laughs> you're really, I, I, I want to say you're one of my favorite TV personalities in food. Thank of you, all bro. Time. I, I um,
1: appreciate that, bro. And
0: this, this cements it for me just because you're so damn accessible. You're like a real person. Sometimes <laughs> I'm watching these shows and like, ah. uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of some names, but like, I love, I love Hubert Keller, uh, yeah. Daniel below, uh, yeah. Gordon Ramsey, um, but it's like they're not the most accessible guys. I can never imagine hanging out with them in, in a backyard. Just, <laughs> making, you know what I mean? Like, Me either. <laughs> you know, but you, you've got that. It's funny you mentioned Bobby Flay a lot because you and him are very similar in the fact that you're both world class at what you do. But I can picture like hanging out with you in the backyard having a beer just grilling some ups. so thank you for that uh for guys like me who i'm no chef I, I can i can cook a couple of recipes for a guy like me and a guy like joe you give us hope that, that we can do better so thank you yeah. for that
1: if you believe it you can achieve it <laughs> thank you man i appreciate that thank you
0: very much and i need i need i need some recipes for some for some roti some stewed peas uh, uh-huh. some 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 jamaican easter bun or spice bun whatever you want to call it you send me the
1: easter bun i ain't got that but black cake my mom's black cake recipe fire i got you on that
0: all right you hook me up you email me when I you, hook you up. I'll, I'll, I'll try my best because i'm i'm missing on you. you in uh, <laughs> in toronto if you ever want to go on a food tour Toronto is the best city on the planet.
1: Man, I know. I was there recently for a uh, a funeral in December. Uh, But, of course, I was there for the funeral. And the second time, I was there for a reunion. So both times, I didn't get a chance to experience it. Uh, But I keep hearing that. So, Carabana, fingers crossed, this kind of dies down by then. But next time
0: I can, I'm there. Yeah, no, you should. And especially because... It's kind of like New York in a way. Where in Toronto, there's a yeah. Jamaican neighborhood. There is a Portuguese neighborhood. There's a Greek. I mean, the Greek town in Toronto. The menus are in Greek. Like if you don't speak English, you don't. Yeah, I love it. You don't get served. Uh, there's Thai restaurants where you can't get stuff not spicy. Like you get it served the way yeah. it's meant to be. So if you ever want to go on an international food tour, Toronto is about as authentic as it gets for food. So. I'm there. All right. I'm there. You're, you're, I've heard that many a times. I'm there. Yeah, this has been a blast. Where can people find you and learn about you? You can find me on my website,
1: chefdavidrose.com. Recipes, TV appearances, upcoming events. Uh, same, Chef David Rose on Instagram. Chef David Rose on Facebook. Chef David Rose on Twitter. I like making it easy, so just Google my name and you'll find all that.
0: Love it. Thank you so much. Thanks, man.
1: Thank you, fellas. Right. Take it easy, man. Because you're the last of a dying breed.